0: Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.
1: Their objective is to train and release nationals of Zimbabwe to pick up the Great Commission and minister to their own people. This ministry has been established and developed into a Christian youth camp. New churches have been planted. There's a counseling ministry, a preschool that now reaches children up through grade seven. And they just told me this morning, next year, high school starts. So they have a lot of things going on, and you're going to be able to hear from some faithful servants of the Lord in just a moment. When Mark and Helen are up here in just a moment, would you give them a please, please a big welcome? They'll be up here in just a second.
0: Good morning, it's good to be with you this morning, it's our privilege uh, to be able to share with you what God is doing uh, in Zimbabwe and it's it's wonderful to be able to share uh, with the church here as we've heard some wonderful, wonderful news about the growth of the church and the development. Uh, You folks have been with us probably since 1991, Uh, it's a long time, Uh, we've been taking the gospel together with you. And Simba, our key African partner, says, Mark, when you're in America, please tell the people, thank you from us. Please tell them, our hand is not always out. But tell them, thank you. For without God sending you, where would we be? And I always say, Simba, without God, without God sending you us, where would we be? And it's a partnership of all of us together, uh, sharing the gospel around the world. And so... It it just has to go that we take the opportunity to say thank you for together uh, we are able to change the world because we're changing lives through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that is you and that is what prayer does in changing lives around the world. I would like to start out this morning by telling you a story that was told to me by our our camp manager, Jindo. Jindo said, Mark, you know, just about an hour and a half from us, there are people there who have never heard of Jesus. He said, I've gone there and I've talked to them and they need Bibles. And I said, well, wonderful. How many do you need? He said, I need 20. I said, I'll give you 10. You do the other 10. Because I know they can do that. It's important that people learn to help themselves, not that we are always helping them. How can we help them see that they can do for themselves? And so Jindo, he told me, he said, Mark, we've gone out there. And he said, you know, there's people there that have never heard of Jesus. I said, really? Because that's about an hour and a half from us. He said, "Yep, they've never heard of Jesus. He said, it's not a place for a white man. He said, it's a place for us Africans to go and to share the gospel he said I was there sharing the gospel with with them and they said this Jesus that you're telling us about is he from the capital city of Harare he said no he went on to tell them he said this Jesus can help us not live in fear anymore of our ancestors he said yes this Jesus that you're talking about you mean he, he he can heal us Yes. He said, You mean that that we don't have to sell, we, we don't have to marry off our daughters to our animals anymore? To our goats and our pigs and our cows. He said, No. You don't have to do that anymore. And the chief of the village accepted Jesus Christ. And then other people in the village accepted Jesus Christ. And he said, You know, Mark, what they told me was so amazing. They said, When we read this book, Jendo, that you gave us, our heart burns. Our heart burns. It moves in us like no other book that has ever been written. This book burns in us. Oh, America, don't we need a burning for Jesus today? In Matthew 28, there was a burning in Jesus' heart. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do everything I have commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six is a very close scripture to our heart. Mark, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can men do to me? If you will hold those in ministry messages in, uh, in the word in your heart this morning because God will speak to us through them as we go through. We started our ministries uh, in Zimbabwe. Our philosophy of ministry is this. We want to train nationals toward ownership. And you know, when nationals take ownership, they will develop vision. They will develop vision for what God wants to do through them. It's not so important what Mark and Helen thinks they ought to do. It's important as what God wants to do through them. And so in all of our ministries today, all of them that we're going to be sharing with you, they are run by nationals. They have taken ownership. Some of them have developed vision for other ministries, but they are owning those ministries today. Over 50% of the ministries that we will share with you are supported by national local funds in Zimbabwe at 95% unemployment. And you might be saying, well, how in the world does that happen? Because of God. God is able. In the darkest of darkness, God is able to do the impossible. And that is the God that we serve today. Just an overview of some of our ministries in ZOM. We have Grace Christian Church. And while we have been gone, the people have taken ownership. They run all the ministries there, and they ask us, I say, Mark, while you're here, will you preach for us? At least while you're here, can you do that? And so I do. I preach at the church, Precious Jewels School, was started by our key African senior partner. His name is Simba. We've known Simba since he was 19 years old, actually 16 years old. He now runs the ministry. He's 42 years old. He oversees every ministry that we're sharing with you today. In fact, he's finishing his PhD through Johnson University uh, this year, and he will be in the States with his family this year. It is amazing to see what God has done. That school was his vision And we said, Simba, we'll come beside you and behind you with the vision that you have. And that is happening today. That school has been developed. Mark and Helen have not done one thing except support him so that that school has has been developing itself over the years. Helen's gonna come up right now and she's gonna share with you a little bit about that school. I think it's important that you understand that we are people there to encourage others to be all that God wants them to be and
1: can be. Go ahead. So Precious Jewels, and I did turn it on, the green light's on. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Precious Jewels started as just a little preschool and we only had a few students, but everybody was so excited. And when you see the pictures of the school, you'll know because they're wearing little purple uniforms with their hats. Every school has a uniform, so we had to follow suit. So they have their little uniforms. It started as the preschool, we had to add the kindergarten. And every year as that class moved up, we started the next grade. So every year, so now our first preschool are now in grade seven, which completes primary school. So now we have to get started preparing for their high school years. So we will continue building. Now they're running the school on the fees the children pay. So you're not paying the salaries and you're not paying for the food and the janitor and all of this. They cover those expenses. What we do speaking to you is to raise the funds in order to build buildings. Well, we now have 12,000 library books that have been donated and they made their way to us. So we have all these books in boxes. You cannot run a library out of boxes. So the next building to be built is the library and the the money has already been given. The money's there to build it, but we've got to put shelves inside that building to put all these books on. So they're very excited. They're going to watch this building being built knowing that they now have a library coming that will also have a computer resource center. So everyone's very excited. And again, this did not come from a dream of Mark and Helen. Our dream started with the camp. Everything that's come afterward has been the Lord touching their hearts and giving them vision.
0: Amen. Thank you, hon. Uh, Helen also... uh Helen also teaches the scriptures in our school there. Uh, she has a ladies cooking class that she teaches while we are there. Uh, she takes part in overseeing all the home. She actually, she books all the bookings uh, while we're here. She uh, does all the help me get from A to Z, a to Z while we're here uh, together. Uh, she does a lot of things unseen and oftentimes not talked about enough uh, about what our wives and the women do. Overseas. We have Huntington Retreat Center. Uh, Jindo has taken ownership of that as the camp manager. Uh, I don't have to worry about Jindo coming to work. He's there every day before 8 o'clock. He's ready to go. He's always ready to do uh, the work of the Lord. We don't have to coax him, we don't have to beg him. He is there on time, ready to go. And while we're gone, he's overseeing the whole ministry. Our camp in Zimbabwe will at least have somewhere around 4,000 young people come through that every year. We also are teaching the scriptures in the local school. Uh, Nicholas, our deacon at Grace Christian Church, uh, he has taken ownership of that. Nicholas is reaching out to 750 young people a week. It can be three or four or five times that more if we can get a vehicle in his hands. Now, that's been a little bit of a challenge for us here lately. And so uh, Nicholas has taken ownership of that and is very proud to be able to go into the local schools of America and tell people about Jesus. Amen. It's not an impossibility. It can be, and it is happening today. Rumi is uh, doing the counseling ministry there. Rumi is Simba's uh, Simba's wife, and she is doing a great job. She's now finishing her undergraduate degree, no, her master's degree. In counseling. There was not any counselors in Chinoy and she is now doing that. Somebody asked me one time and said, well, Mark, if something happens to Simba, what's going to happen? Simba said, my, the person that knows the ministry the best, if I'm to gone, is my wife. And I said, amen to that, Simba. Amen. We all have a personal testimony. Everyone has it. We have a platform to tell our testimony. You have a platform to tell your neighbors and your friends about what Jesus is doing in your life. We have a platform to talk about that today. I want to do that. Uh, Helen and I are from southern Indiana. I'm from French Lick, Indiana. Helen's from Paoli, Indiana. Uh, we had a construction company in Paoli called m and Construction. Mark and Helen, right? And we did that in southern Indiana. I was raising, we were both raising hogs uh, with our brother-in-law. Uh, Helen worked at a local church, a local school as a teacher's aide. She was also uh, part uh, working in the, in the bank. Uh, we were taking short-term trips to Haiti, Jamaica, and to South, uh, Haiti, Jamaica, and to uh, South, South America, Guyana, South America. And we, we just took the trades that we had. I was a bricklayer contractor. And so we took what we had and we went and, and did work there. Now, I remember one time in Haiti, uh, we were doing some work there and I'd taken my favorite hammer, my favorite level, my favorite trial, and uh, it was hot. I don't know if you've ever been to Haiti or not, not Hades, but Haiti. Uh, it was hot, uh, real hot. And it wasn't long until, uh, you know, you're down in that ditch and you've got your head between your legs and you're just buttering those blocks and sweating like crazy. And I, I looked up and I couldn't find my block hammer. Somebody had stolen. I was like, mm-hmm, uh-uh, no. You have to understand, I hadn't been a Christian about four years, five years, okay? So I thought, okay. And I kept working and working and, and reached for my level that I had brought. And somebody had stolen that. And I thought, okay, anybody here ever have some progressive burning? Anger is what you call it. Progressive anger. I was getting angry because the Lord hadn't taught me the lesson that he's going to teach me today. But he's going to teach me. And then after that, somebody had come down and they were saying, look, they've broken into our house. They've stolen everything we had. And I said, okay, I've had enough. These people, think just go to blankety blank anyway. In my heart, I thought, yeah. Then the Lord, he doesn't allow you to get by with that so often, you know. He said, Mark, in my heart, Mark, you, you have a talent. How much of your work is being for me or is it just for yourself? Mark, when the plate is passed in front of you, how often do you put in the plate? How much, Mark, are you keeping for yourself that really belongs to me? And then he says, Mark, are you still for me? And I still love you. The foundation of missions is loving and caring for people who you may not think will ever, ever care or ever know Jesus, but they do. And it's a lifelong sacrifice that needs to be made for the glory of God. We were attending Louisville Bible College and we had a friend there, one of the professors was Tony Springer. He said, Mark, he said, you see that guy coming in the door there? I said, yeah. He said, he's been coming to Louisville Bible College for 20 years to get his undergraduate degree. Is that what you want to do? I said, no. (laughs) He said, well, Mark, there's a place called Johnson Bible College and if you go there, they have uh, housing for people like you. And here I am, I got a wife and three kids. And I said, no, I'm not going to go there. And Helen says, no, let's just go see what it looks like. I said, no, it's the craziest thing I ever heard of. A man leaving, giving up his, his uh, company and leaving his town and his home and going to Bible college. No, that's insane. So we went and visited the college and... I wound up doing all that stuff. There were those people in rows lined up doing all the things I said was insane to do. And we moved there. And while we were there, two weeks while we were there, we we got a call from uh, some folks. and, And they said, Mark, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm graduating this year. There is a church about 20 miles from here that needs a preacher. And you're a little bit older. I was 32 at the time. They said they need an older preacher. And I said, okay, well, we'll go try out. We tried out, and they took us on, and we were there for five years. Five years at that church. And uh, it, it was a good ministry. Uh, I think uh, two years into my schooling, we moved out off campus and went over there and was their minister and family full-time. Out of those five years, the Lord began to deal with me two years about going overseas and doing missions, and I said no. No. We left our home in Indiana. We came down here 300 miles away from our family and friends. Now you want me to go overseas to people I don't know, be misjudged because of my color, because of my race, live behind a wall fence, live behind a razor wire, have to sleep with a gun, have bars on the windows. No. No. I want to be around when my parents are sick so that I can be with them and pray with them. I want to be here with my kids when my grandkids are born. And my great-grandchildren are born. That's what I want, Lord. No. No. <laughs> no. Anybody ever told the Lord no before? Anybody here honest this morning? <laughs> we have told the Lord no before. And I remember so well. I was traveling back from uh, Johnson Bible College in those days at 20 miles. And I remember the Holy Spirit moving on me, coming on me, and I began to bawl like a baby. Anybody here ever bawled? Boo-hooed? Boo-hooed for Jesus? I was boo-hooing this morning. I thought, Lord, I'm going to have to control myself. I mean, I was boo-hooing. Because I knew what the Lord wanted us to do, and I just simply didn't have the faith to do it. And I can tell you, and I can take you to the place today where I stopped the car. And I stepped out of the car, and I screamed at the Lord. You'll have to forgive me, but give me the opportunity to scream. Lord! I stepped out. They probably thought I was a crazy man. I stepped out of the car, and I said, Lord, because you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us, we'll go. We'll go. Well, I hate to tell you this, but then I had to go home and tell my wife. (laughs) And you know what she said? She said, Mark, wherever the Lord leads us, that's where we'll go. Wow. A blessed man, wouldn't you say? A blessed man. Helen made 750 telephone calls to churches. We got into 40. We got into 80 of those churches and the Lord gave us 40 of them. I remember so well. The Lord was moving because we stepped out on the promise. Mark, I'll never leave you. Mark, I'll never forsake you. And Mark, you can take this to the bank with confidence. Men can do lots of things with you and men can do lots of things to you, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you to the very end of the age mark. Do you understand And no, I didn't understand. But what I do know is this. That God moved in us. He took away all the fear. He took away all the anxiety. When we said, yes, Lord. Because you said. What moves the heart of God? Is a people who step out in faith in the promise of God. If you want to see the heart of God changing lives, step out where you cannot do. Step out where you do not know. Step out into what you don't know and trust God to do what he said he would do. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you even though men come against you and split your head open with machetes and try to kill you and your wife and beat you up on the streets and you have to fight and hold people down, even then I will be with you, Mark. I will be with you. Get a chance today. Speak to my wife. She's not been forced, nor she has she been coerced. We have been called. Somebody asked me not long ago, Mark, when are you going to retire? And I said, well, (laughs) don't you know? We don't retire from the Lord's business. We die in the Lord's business. The only thing that we do is we just change positions to fit our abilities of what God would have us to do. One of the hardest days that Helen and I had in our lifetime was when we got in that plane and I looked out the window in Knoxville, Tennessee and there at the airport were two of our daughters who were bawling. And their hearts were breaking. And the stewardess came up and she said, what is the problem? And so we pointed to the window. We said "There." She said, if you don't stop, I can't stop. Missions is not a moment in life. It is your life and mine. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so we stand against the world with confidence, no matter what man may do to you.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of
0: Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at FCCWarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.